Welcome, everyone, to Episode 2 of Great Lakes Football Talk. We have an amazing show planned for you today. Once again, I'm your host, Jerry, alongside my co-host, Adam, and today we have two special guests. Mark, tell the fans a little bit about yourself. I'm just a, a dude that loves football. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to. Um, we just recently did a podcast together with our other friend, Drew, uh, Sports Talk Buffalo. We just did a mock draft for the Bills. That was a lot of fun. And I'm happy and ready to contribute. We're happy on to show. have you here. And our other guest here, he's off of our fantasy football fraternity page. Uh, you guys know him as Bronco. Brayden, tell us about yourself. If I had a dollar for every time a woman found, found me unattractive, they'd find me attractive. <laughs> <laughs> no, real talk. I'm Broncos fan. Just been into scouting for a couple years now, so I'm I'm excited to talk football tonight. And that's, that's exactly what you're here for, because uh, today's main focus is going to be the NFL Combine that starts later on this week. Uh, players are already starting to head into Indianapolis as we speak. Planes are starting to go in there. Uh, but first, let's get into some news and notes. Uh, first thing on the agenda is this past week, it has been noted that three teams have inquired about Antonio Brown. Um, Adam, do you want to guess uh, which three teams those are? Well, first off, I'm, I'm surprised that it's not more right away because I would think a handful or at least half the league would be interested in Brown right off the get-go. Um, I, I would assume the Jets. Uh, I would, you know, if they weren't rivals, I'd say Baltimore, you know, with Baltimore uh, needing wide receiver help. Uh, but for me, it has to be the Jets, though. I mean, the Jets need a uh, a stud wide receiver, and that's something Brown is. And they have the money to do it. Yeah, unfortunately, the Steelers aren't looking to trade within the conference. Now, we're not even just talking division. We're talking the entire AFC. So I I was taking that into consideration when I heard about this news. I was like, it doesn't even matter who the three teams are that I inquired. Because if two out of three of them are AFC teams, they're pretty much barking up the wrong tree. Um, now, that gets rid of half the, the league, and I was taking a look to see what teams would make sense. And right off the bat, the top five uh, NFC teams with the most cap space going into the year, uh, 49ers, Seahawks, Cowboys, Lions, and Packers. So 49ers completely blowing everybody out the water. They got $74 million to work with. They also have picks in the first, second, third, fourth, two in the sixth, and a seventh round pick. Yeah, so they got the stuff for it. Now, yeah, they, they got the money to – to give him his guaranteed contract that he's looking for, because that's the other big side of this. It's not just getting a football deal done. The man wants to get paid when he's moved. And he did say that he wants it to be guaranteed. I did read uh, somewhere that the 49ers either weren't interested in him anymore, or they weren't going to pursue him. I'm trying to find it now. I'm I'm not finding it now, but I did see that somewhere within the past, within the past day or two. Um, Braden, tell us your thoughts about it. I'll see if I can look for it. Uh, I honestly, I've heard that pretty much that the 49ers are like the big one, like the big team going after him. That's from what I've heard. So I, I'd be willing to bet money that they were definitely one of the three teams. Yeah. And with the Packers, with them really slacking, um, there is news. I think it was this morning that they're not going to resign Randall Cobb. Uh, the Packers need to do something. They need to make a big move. I mean, you got rid of Mike McCarthy, who's been there for years. Uh, anything else go wrong, as much as Packers fans might hate to hear this, you might have to start looking at Aaron Rodgers. 
So the best way to, you know, relieve some of that stress and that pressure is by getting somebody like Antonio Brown there in Green Bay. But how do you pay him? Uh, they'd, they'd have to figure something out because the the guys they drafted last year, uh, St. Brown, um, Scalding, uh, it, those guys I think are more of uh, secondary guys. They can they can do something here and there, but I don't think they're going to be guys that can thrive around Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they're good enough to go up against Slay, Diggs, Kyle Fuller, um, you know, Xavier Rhodes. I, I don't – Antonio Brown can go up against those guys, no problem. And if there's a guy like Antonio Brown and you know your one of your main weakest needs is wide receiver, you find a way to pay that man. Absolutely. So we've talked about basically what the Steelers would would send out what would be coming in because they got needs too. So they've got needs at corner linebacker running back and along the offensive and defensive line. I mean, if anything, I think it'd be uh any package. I think it'd be sorely, you know, solely based on draft picks. I don't see maybe a depth player who could potentially turn into something like a first or second year or second or third year guy. Um, but I think with a, a good defensive draft and I, I think you would go, and you would just get whatever draft pick you could get. I mean, ideally, it'd be a, a second-round pick minimum. I mean, I, I maybe a team would go and give him that first rounder just to get him. But I, I see you can get probably a second and maybe a third or fourth combined. I mean, it, it's hard to tell because this wide receiver class isn't that bad either. So it, it, it all depends. Like, what guys want to give up that draft capital for – Antonio Brown, you know, he is a sure thing. Or would they rather just go younger because Brown's 30? Would you want to go and get a guy like uh, um, DK Metcalf uh, and A.J. Brown, you know, a guy that's 21, 22, 23 years old? Yeah. I, I still think – I know that there's reports, so Jerry, you had mentioned it, about the Niners possibly not being interested anymore. It just – if there's a team and an NFC team at that, they're the one. It's – They've got the money, number one. They've got young talent that they've either soured on or are just not living up to expectation that they could possibly move. And I'm thinking, based on Steelers' needs, I'm thinking maybe Solomon Thomas. I'm thinking maybe Jimmy Ward. I'm thinking you could package maybe, like you were saying, a second, third-round pick with one of these younger prospects, and you move them for Antonio Brown, and then you've got enough money to, to spend to – you know, make sure he's happy when he gets there. You've got Jimmy Garoppolo who should be coming back and he should be a serviceable enough quarterback. I mean, you saw Nick Mullins come in who, you know, who's Nick Mullins. He comes in, he does a job and you've got plenty of young talent already set up on that team. And then you've got an influx of great talent. That's going to come in on this draft. You got Antonio Brown. I think they're making a run in that. that yeah, right. It's a competitive division too. Uh, you know, I think Arizona with them having the first pick, they'll be a little bit better. You got Seattle, uh, the Rams, who who even though it was a debate, they represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. And you got to think though, uh, Richard Sherman's there. You know, you don't know how many more good years he has left. So you definitely want to um, make that investment that they gave Sherman. You know actually look good so a Super Bowl I think is the only way that's gonna do that too yeah I can't find that report um from San Fran not being interested uh, but I 
that is a perfect fit. Uh, Mark, you did, you touched on it pretty well. You also mentioned a name that I think, not that I think, but what do you guys think about going back in a trade to get Antonio Brown there? One of the needs uh, coming up is going to be quarterback. What about sending Nick Mullins uh, in a package over to Pittsburgh to learn under Ben? And uh, we seen him, we seen him flash last year with the 49ers in some games. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Um, well, I think the question is, what do they? How do they feel about Mason Rudolph? Exactly, Ru- Rudolph. Look at him last year. The talent is there, um, especially with the quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger. You know, teaching you. If Ben is, you know, a whole team player, we've seen reports that it's kind of iffy in the locker room. But if if he's willing to put the time and stuff, Mason Rudolph could, you know, get in that lineup once Big Ben retires, and that thing won't even miss a beat. Yeah, I was I was excited about Rudolph coming out uh, last year. He wasn't – if the Bills didn't go quarterback in the first round, um, I was kind of hoping that they got Rudolph a little bit later. But luckily we got Josh Allen, so I, I definitely see that happening. Um, let's move on. We have a release that happened yesterday. Uh, Michael Crabtree released from the Ravens um, after just one season uh, signing there last year. Um, what do you – Let's go to Braden for that one. What do you think about that? Makes sense. He saved some cap space, and he was basically a shell of himself in Baltimore. He, he, like, I'm pretty sure he – don't quote me on this. I'd have to look this up, but I'm 99% sure he led the league in drops last year. So, basically, he, he looked like a complete shell. So, I, I, I completely agree with this move from the Ravens side. Yeah, he had no chemistry with Lamar Jackson at all. Um yeah, I heard the same thing too. I think it was like he he led the league in drops. Uh, I think maybe eight of them. Uh, you know that could be him. You know not having the steady hands. That could be the quarterback play. I mean, it's somewhat hard to judge. But he's going to find the job somewhere. Uh, there are quite a few teams that need a wide receiver. Pittsburgh, you know, with them trading, you know, presumably going to be trading uh, Levy or uh, Antonio Brown within the next, you know, probably the next thirty days. I would assume. So he, he he's going to find the job, but it, it was best, I think, for both of them. He's definitely going to find a job. He Somebody brought up, I think it was in a, uh, in a Facebook group that I'm in, somebody brought up he needs to go to a place where they have a steady quarterback and not a, not a, um, a scrambling quarterback, that, they, that a pocket quarterback that could sit back and hit him where he needs to catch the ball uh, and not have him come back to the ball for you, kind of not really help your quarterback. So more of a vet guy. Um, I was thinking somewhere like Green Bay, uh, maybe somewhere like Detroit. You know, they got those those grizzly vets. You got Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford. Somewhere like there would be a perfect fit for Crab, uh, where they they do need another wide receiver and uh, can can build their defense and maybe make a run at the Super Bowl before those two retire. Yeah, uh, agreed. All right, Mark, you got any uh, thoughts on the Crabtree? Uh, no, I, th- I honestly just don't think he's going to get signed right away. I think he's going to be one of those maybe later into free agency signings. Um, certain guys are going to get plucked right away. Um, I think it's going to be a, a wait to see what happens with Antonio Brown thing. All because we got to see who's going to fill a need here. Who's going to, you know, be paying money to this receiver there because you've got Antonio Brown getting moved. You've got Tyrell Williams uh, moving out of San Diego, or excuse me, not San Diego, L.A. 
Um, so there's going to be some moving parts. Um, Deshaun Jackson's not happy in in Tampa, so he could be on his way out too. I think Crabtree's going to be a guy, you know, give it 31 years old. He's on the downside of his career. I mean, he's been doing this professional thing since 2009, since he was 22. And I think he's just going to be a serviceable vet. He's someone that's going to come in like Anquan Bolden was for us. We picked him up late. We all know how that went, but that's who he is now in his career. He's a guy that's going to go somewhere. And I mean, think about new England, new England's a team that normally ends up picking up vets like Crabtree. And then next thing, you know, you know, He's becoming a, a target for Tom Brady and, and winning a Super that's Bowl. That's <laughs> it. He's just, yeah, he's winning a Super Bowl and then he ends his career on a high note. So, I mean, I know most people probably are thinking Buffalo. Buffalo needs receivers. We need receivers, but I don't know how desperate I am to bring in aging talent at that position because I'm pretty happy with the young talent that's there. You know, give them an opportunity. You got Zay Jones, Isaiah McKenzie. Um, you've got Robert Foster, and then you've got, again, more talent coming in through the draft. I'm thinking if you're going vet with the Bills, you're probably going to go one of these younger vets like Tyrell Williams or somebody. So Crabtree will sign later. Wherever he goes, like you said, Jerry, he'll probably end up going to someone with an established quarterback, and they'll know how to use him properly. Yeah, I, I also I know I said Green Bay and uh, in Detroit, but I also had one more prediction for him. I think that uh, Arizona would be a good fit for him. I know Rosen isn't, he's on the opposite spectrum of Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford, but um, he gets to go up against uh, Richard Sherman twice a year. Um, and that's another, it's, it's another team of need where you got Christian Kirk on the outside. You got Larry Fitz there for one more year. Uh, Crabtree, I think could be a good fit there, I don't, but I don't want to get too much more into him. Uh, let's go on to uh, Cody Parkey. Uh, Cody Double Doink Parkey was released, um, and there was talk about a possible Robbie Gold reunion, uh, but it turns out that he's going to be staying in San Fran. They franchise tagged him. Um, it's not not much news here. Kickers come and go all the time. That I think it's just worthy uh, noteworthy because of uh, how how his tenure ended in Chicago. Uh, the Double Doink to lose the game against Philadelphia. Anybody got any thoughts on that? Yeah, it was needed for both teams. And didn't he hit like four posts against the game at home against the Lions or something stupid like that? He did yeah. hit four posts in one game. I forgot who. It, it might have been the Lions. I, I do remember Lions. that game I, specifically. Yeah, it was the Lions. I remember that. I just forgot whether it was like three or four, but yeah. But it's like kickers come and go. He'll, he'll probably get signed somewhere when a kicker starts sucking. I don't know. Maybe it's me, but did it seem like kickers were coming and going far more often this past season? I feel like every week somebody missed a field goal, they were gone the next day. Yeah, yeah. other than Mason yeah. Crosby. Yeah, he's the only one that kind of stuck it out after missing so many kicks. Yeah, I don't know. I, and and that's the other thing. Like, what's what's the deal with kickers? They're. I feel like the percentage of kicks that they've they've missed in the last couple of years has gone way up. I mean, I don't have the numbers for that, but. It just it's it seems to me like that it's become more difficult for these guys to to make field goals, and I just I just don't know how how that's possible. Yeah, that is a good point. 
it, it's it's puzzling me. I mean, they obviously they move the uh, extra point back a little bit, but even it's field, it's not just extra points; it's field goals too. Uh, there's short kicks, uh, longer kicks. Um, it's just it, it's crazy. But you know, there's there's other kickers out there waiting. There's kickers in the AF right now that have had some NFL experience and uh, might be getting it looked at. It's this is not it's a non-story. Uh, just it's. Because of his situation, hitting all those posts, especially the one to end the game, that's why we're bringing it up. Uh, but again, kickers come and go. Um, Randy Gregory is suspended indefinitely. Uh, he has been having a troubled troubled career, can't seem to keep himself on the field. Um, Mark, what do, you, what do you got about that? It's, it's a sad situation when these young talent end up basically – screwing themselves out of money, out of, you know, just an opportunity. And I mean, he's still young enough that you hope that he gets his stuff together. I mean, he's 25 years old, you know, there's, there's going to be other opportunity for him to, I mean, if it doesn't work out in the NFL, you still got the, the AAF, you got the XFL coming up. I mean, somebody's going to give him an opportunity, but he's really got to get his stuff together. And if that's just, I mean, if he's got to give up football, he's got to give up football. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a terrible situation. It's another, and on top of that, you're obviously you're hurting your team by not being on the field, but you're also hurting your team going into a time when you need to, when your team is trying to build and get ready for next season. It's, it's, and then I want to compare what he's done to the injury of Sean Lee, but it's like Sean Lee, the Sean Lee situation made Dallas have to go out and grab a middle linebacker in uh, Leighton Vander Esch um, when, because he can't stay on the field healthy. And now a defensive end is a need for Dallas when, if he's on the field, you don't necessarily need to look that way. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a bad situation for them, uh, especially coming off of their uh, little bit of a playoff run that they had last year. Uh, Braden, you got anything on it? No, everyone said it. it's just, it's just sad, you know, to see such a, young player kind of ruin it. I, I hope he can turn it around. Yeah, he's he's uber talented. And what you said, Jerry, about it, it stunts the development of your team. I mean, you go into a draft expecting to have key building pieces. And Gregory on the field is a key building piece. He had eight sacks this year. Um, he's a phenomenal player. When you're not there, it it messes, like, really your whole offseason up because you have to look at it where, as you said – Defensive end wasn't a need. They could focus that on safety, uh, you know, whatever else they have on the board up top. Well, now it's like I have to put D, you know, D end at the top now because you need to put pressure on the quarterbacks. And not just D end. Now there's other reports coming out that on the inside of that defensive line, David Irving is now under um, evaluation for possibly another. Uh, PD substance abuse uh, violation. So now you're looking at defensive end, you're looking at defensive tackle, two needs that weren't there before because you had two young talent that were already entrenched in those positions. But both of these young talents have had problems with this same issue in the past. And I'm, I was actually reading an article and I didn't even realize it, but Irving at some point had sent out a tweet saying that he's in the NFL, not because of not because that he's a model citizen, but because of his talent. Now, if that's your mindset, 
then you already know there's a problem. And I honestly think that maybe the Cowboys staff has to do some re- reevaluating about how they're looking at their talent. Oh, definitely. Because you got two guys that you brought in with some type of history and you gave them an opportunity and yet, you know, they just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. And you've got one kid telling you, listen, the NFL keeps me around because I'm uber talented, not because, you know, I'm a good person. Well, at some point, both those things have to have to meet a standard. You can't just go, he's a crappy person, but he's really good, so we'll ignore everything else. No, because those things that he does off the field end up hurting your team. So at some point, you just go, you're great, you're really talented, but you're really not helping us out. We'll, we'll go elsewhere because for every one of these guys, there's someone coming through the draft that's equally or even better talented, and they're going to be cheaper, they're going to be younger, they're going to be hungrier. Yeah, and, and that's a, a good point. I mean, it all, Jerry Jones, management, everybody, you need a standard. Um, Denver and you guys, but Detroit has a thing where we want good players on and off the field. That's been stated numerous times by management um that's that's one of the, you know one of the reasons why we take these key players that we do need at that position that's why we just we we don't take them because what's the point of having wasting a second third or sometimes even first round pick on a guy that's going to be there four games one year and then next thing you know it's two years later before he's on the field due to off the field issues yeah, it's a shame. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Staying in Dallas, just a little quick note that uh, when one DE end or one defensive end goes, they uh, they just signed another or they re-signed another. Uh, Dallas re-signed Demarcus Lawrence to an extension uh, that happened earlier today. Um, don't have much much more on that, but uh, what do you think about? And I don't want to get too much into it, but what do you think about um, Jadavion Clowney possibly staying in the state of Texas, but uh, Dallas pursuing him? <laughs> Uh, I mean, you can. It's it's a fit. I mean, I'd rather have him stay in a three four, you know, uh, coming off the end, you know, as more of edge rusher than actual straight up defensive end. Uh, he's talented enough to do it though, so it, it's. I think he likes Texas overall, so it's a possibility. But that's right now, uh, any team that tries to get Clowney is going to have to really fight Houston on it because Houston wants to keep him. Yeah, it's going to be like Mario Williams all over again. Just just pay him and. Uh try to get him in um moving on uh john ross the 40 yard dash phenomenon uh ran a 422 in his in his pro or his combine um the Bengals are looking at shopping him uh personally as a bills fan i don't think i want him here he hasn't shown much as an actual receiver uh any uh or uh or adam do you guys want him on your team no well, actually, if he if he's like a sixth round pick or like if we have to give up more than a sixth round pick, no. Yeah, and and if I was any team, I for me for Detroit, I think that's not an option. There's better slot guys out there. There's better guys that still have speed. You could go in the draft, even draft you know draft a speed guy this year. But the guy can't catch. I think his his catch percentage is like thirty five percent since he's been in the league. I mean, it's that being a wide receiver, you cannot have a thirty five percent catch rate. Yeah, kind of, kind of need to know how to catch the ball. And I was talking earlier with a couple guys about um, 
like the position for a kick returner, punt returner, and they just you, you just don't have that in the NFL anymore. You don't have a Devin Hester, you don't have a Dante Hall. Uh, that's I mean that's pretty much what he is or what he could be, but nobody nobody's rostering that position on their team. So it's I don't I mean he's going to end up somewhere. Uh, he's still young. He does have blazing speed. Um, it, I just it just I don't know where, and I don't want him in Buffalo. It was a terrible pick. I always I knew someone was going to reach in the first round. He he wasn't a first. I I had a third round grade on him back in 2017. So yeah, that I it was a terrible pick from the beginning. So it they drafted him too high for his own good. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, yeah, that's one of the the downsides of the combine. Unfortunately, everyone puts too much stock in that forty yard dash. Um, I know speed kills, but I mean, you can you could burn your man nine times out of ten going down the field, be wide open. But like you guys already mentioned, if you can't catch the ball, what what difference? Random is question, it? just kind of off topic, but if the, if Kyler Murray runs like four four or faster, like he says he will. Do you think a tr- team will trade up number one overall for him just because of how fast that is and how kind of ridiculous it is? I don't know. I mean, you got to think about the whole the whole thing. Not just – I mean, do you really want a quarterback that runs that often, especially his size? I mean, he's, he's, he's done. He's not going to get any taller. He could maybe add, you know, a few more pounds to his, his frame. So this way he could absorb hits better. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I need him to throw the ball. I don't need him to run. If he can escape and elude the rush to, you know, extend a play, I'm all for it. That's great. That's a, You want a quarterback that can do that. But it, it makes no difference to me that he runs a 4-4 or sub-4-4. I, I need his arm and his accuracy, and that's what I'm drafting him for. He's a quarterback. He's not a running. Back. I completely agree. I was just wondering if you think it, kind of like similar with John Ross, they overlooked the whole picture for it. That's more of what I was asking. Yeah, somebody's going to end up overvaluing some of based on some of these combine results. It happens all the time. I was actually reading an article not that long ago um, about what was it like the top eight talent that had poor showings at the combine. But these guys ended up going to have like all pro careers. You know what I mean? So it just it it doesn't make a difference to me that the combine is simply there to for you to take those results back to what you watched and go, all right, yeah, that that receiver does have top end speed. What I saw, I, I could justify what I saw now. Cause he ran a sub four four, or he ran a four, you know, four four three, whatever it was. Or I saw him, you know, run routes, you know, while the quarterback was making the throws or I saw him catch the ball smoothly. Like it's, it's just those things are there as a tool for you to justify what you believe you saw when you watch tape. It shouldn't be the end all be all. Yeah. You, you got to trust your yeah, eyes. You hit the head on uh, the yeah. head on the nail completely. Yeah. Completely agree. I just, every team freaks out. Some team will freak out about it. It happens every year and I always get pissed off about it. Uh, real quick, Mark, do you want him here in Buffalo? No, I'm, yeah, I'm good. We got, we got too many. I've got, I've got Isaiah McKenzie. I'm, I'm happy. And Robert Foster's plenty fast. We got too many oh. number twos and number threes. We, we need to get our number one this year, uh, whether that be through free yeah. agency or draft. Or, but I don't, I don't want a John Ross. Oh, 
Oh, Isaiah McKenzie there. I. Oh yeah. Oh, you're a Denver fan. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't. I just find it coincidental that as soon as he leaves us, leaves us, he all of a sudden his drop issues are fi- fixed. I, I just found that odd. <laughs> well, we thank you for him. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, thank Vance Joseph. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on here. We got um, not much. I mean, there's been a lot more news going on with the Robert Kraft situation. Uh, Carlos Williams has been reinstated. And uh, Trent Richardson, uh, remember him? He's got six touchdowns now in three in three games in the AAF. That's um, but that's not what we're here for. Let's uh, let's get into let's get into the star of the show. Uh, we're going to talk about the combine. A um, couple things that that we want to go over first and foremost is a couple of key players, not, not participating in the combine, whether it be due to injury or whatever reason, uh, Simmons, uh, Jalen Ferguson, uh, Marquise Brown and Jawan Taylor. Um, those are the key ones that I can think of. Uh, does that do any of them are any of their stocks or draft positions hurt because of it? Uh, I'd say that out of all of them, Mark Marquise is Brown. Marquise Brown's uh, stock is hurt because I forgot the exact name of the injury, but it's going to be one where he's going to be out a while. Like he may be out until like the first couple games of the season. So if anyone's going to have the stock dropped, it's going to be his. Yeah. And when it comes to, um, it really won't affect him too much, but uh, Marquise Brown, he'll still probably end up being a borderline first round pick. But I think if he was at the com- the combine, and um, was doing the drills and stuff. I think he definitely could have probably gotten to uh, the fifteen to twenty-ish mark. It sounds like him and uh, Jeffrey Simmons are kind of kind of in the same boat where they're at that borderline first-round pick, but going to be missing a significant amount of time. Um, but any team that grabs him would be. I mean, if if they're in a position to grab him and not really risk anything uh, this year, be be a good fit for him. I know, uh, Braden, you mentioned that you wanted Simmons. Uh, if he fell to the second round, um, you want to talk more about that? Yeah, this dude is an absolute like beast. Honestly, it's just like he was gonna definitely go first. He probably he he was if he had a good showing, he may have gone top ten. It's just he's so dominant at the point of attack. It's just he's so powerful that any team that will get him, if he falls to round two, a team that'll be the steal of the draft. It's just. He's a top 10 player that just got unfortunately hurt. So if the Broncos could somehow take him at 41, I'd be ecstatic, assuming we still have pick 41 at the draft. Yeah, I think any team that gets him is, is getting a, is definitely getting a good player, a player that is, uh, once he's back onto the field, um, he's going to be clogging up the hole. Um, but let's get uh, – Let's move on. We're going to switch the focus over to to the combine. Uh, Adam is going to sort of take over from here. What we what we all did was put together a list of a couple prospects um, with different criteria. Uh, each of us have a prospect that we're kind of excited to see in the combine. Uh, we all have a prospect that needs a who needs a good showing, somebody that could help their draft stock. Um, and then we also all chose a small school sleeper prospect. So, Adam, why don't you take it over from here um, and start talking about these prospects? Well, this, every year for guys, especially the, the guys that love the draft, the combine is basically kind of like Christmas. Um, there's a lot of excited, you know, exciting players to watch, positions. 
the most, you know, I would say the most uh, interesting class right now is the QB class. For some reason, is outside of uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, there's really not a sure-fired. I would say first-round pick there. Everybody has questions. You know, it, Kyler Murray's size, Daniel Jones. You know, he he had a little bit of a accuracy issue. You know, and even a. Um, and if you really want to nitpick, you really can nitpick some stuff at Dwayne Haskins. But overall, I think this week's going to teach us a lot like it does every year. Um, Mark's a big draft guy, so he knows he knows exactly what I'm saying. You know, the the, the combine starts like 9 o'clock in the morning, and people are watching that stuff. For Braden, I think it's maybe on like 7 in the morning. 7 in the morning, but, you know, I'll, I'll be up for that. Don't, don't you? Yeah, people are always <laughs> up for that. It's like I said, for guys that like the draft, it's Christmas. Um, I, I'd argue it's Thanksgiving. The draft day itself is Christmas. <laughs> Okay, yeah, yeah, it's it's the yeah the food. I, I can see that. Um, what position do you guys really actually think is going to stand out this weekend? Uh, I would have to say wide receiver. Um, I, I feel like it's a really deep class this year. There's a lot of interesting prospects. Actually, one of the guys that I'll end up discussing a little later on uh, is a wide receiver, and that has partially to do with you know, us being Bills fans and, you know, having such a great need at that position. But I think this is where athletes shine in the combine. And we all know that wide receivers are some of the best athletes in pro sports. So being the class, being how deep that the class is this year, I think they're really going to be the ones to steal the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Braden, what do, what do you think, man? I know your you know your Broncos need some defensive help. Yeah, uh, wide receiver. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go on the I'm gonna go with the defensive lineman because there's a lot. Is the defensive line is pretty top heavy tonight? I don't know why I said tonight. I, I sorry, my bad. This year. Yeah the the defensive this the defensive group overall maybe outside of corner is just filled with talent. I mean, there's probably going to be guys drafted in round the end of round two to begin of round three that any other year could potentially be round one guys. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some of the future stars in this league are guys that are a fifth round pick on the defensive side of the ball this year and just they just show up. I mean, this class, I mean, people are going to find depth in the sixth and seventh round, and they're just going to be forced to start some of these guys. I mean, even the small school guys this year for the defensive class is just absolutely amazing. Um, some guys even that should have got an invite to the uh, combine didn't just because of how heavy the, the defensive side of the draft is. Uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of guys that need good showings too, and we're going to start getting into that a little bit. Um, but, Jerry, I know you're not – too involved in the draft, but what actual players do you want to see, you know, that Buffalo take at, uh, what, nine? Yeah. Yeah, we picked nine. Um, I think, I mean, I definitely want a wide receiver. And, I mean, but if one of those, it's it's defense top heavy and between trades and people needing quarterbacks, um, one of those top guys could fall down to nine. I'm not totally against 
uh, them drafting a defensive end or defensive tackle down at nine, but I would prefer a wide receiver. Uh, Mark knows that I'm in love with this guy. Uh, DK Metcalf is who I absolutely want. Um, it's I've just read and watched and just seen so many good things about him. Um, before before I get on any further, I just I want to ask a question for all three of you. Uh, so, and I was actually inspired by a show I was watching on NFL Network earlier. But where where do you guys see this receiver class in in uh, comparison to the '96 draft and also the 2014 draft? This class, I think, has potential to be a top, uh, probably a top three top three class. I mean, the, the you know you got. Uh, you know, Metcalf, you have Marquise Brown, who I think is going to be an absolute stud. Um, and e- even a guy, you know, I'll break into later, uh, Hunter Renfro, who is a the perfect slot guy. I mean, I don't – every year there's bust. I don't know if it's going to really happen this year with the wide receiver group, though. I mean, the the talent is just there for numerous guys. I mean, you look at just individual schools – Ole Miss has three wide receivers that can just all be studs in the NFL. No, um, Braden, Mark, what do you want? You guys want to chime in about that too? Uh, um, go ahead. I mean, I, I I don't like to speculate, especially when it comes to comparing draft classes. I can't tell you how many times we here li- living in Buffalo, I've heard about the quarterback draft classes and hear about those getting compared to, you know, the Marino and Kellys and. The, it, it does no good. It does no good for the prospects. It does no good for fans. I mean, it, it's something that happens too far down the line that speculating about it, it doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll find out when we're five years deep into these guys' careers, and I'll tell you then if it compares to the 96 draft class. No, I mean, that, that is true, though. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to compare anybody when – all you do is look at their their rook, you know, their college numbers. I mean, anybody that's played college and pros can tell you there's a huge difference. So I, I see your point about there. Um, but let's get into some of the uh, let's get into some of the the prospects you guys want to see the most. Uh, I got Braden. I'll, I'll finish but, up because I was talking about DK already, and I, oh, I kind of got go off ahead. on a tangent. But yeah, he's he's six four. 225 pounds of solid rock he's uh he's a guy that i i would i want to be cheering on josh allen throwing touchdowns to every sunday um i think the biggest knock on him is that he has had two separate injuries in college which i mean it's not not that i think it's obvious he's had two separate injuries in college um one of them was in the neck area and so that's where i could have easily used this guy as a guy that needs a good showing because that's what everybody's going to be looking out for um, when he's, when he's going through his combine uh, stuff. He's, they want to see how he's, cause he also had a foot injury too, but they want to see how he's making his cuts. They want to see if he, if he's getting up, they want to see, um, they just want to see his movement in, in, the, in the parts that were affected by injury. So uh, we've seen stud receivers like Julio Jones and Sammy Watkins come back from different foot injuries. Uh, but it's the neck is definitely something that is going to scare some people, but I'm not, I'm hundred percent not against taking him at number nine. Um, and, and, and that's who I want. And that's who I want to see. And I'll be recording uh, when the wide receivers are up just to, just to kind of watch him. Yeah. And, and another note about him being so 
basically he's he's a really thick guy for being a wide receiver. I mean, he's built kind of like a small tank. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he moves at the combine too. Being you know normally you, you know you get the bigger guys are kind of they're a little bit more stiff. Uh, he really can't do that being a wide receiver. I mean, I wonder if that's going to affect maybe his route running a little bit. Uh, but it's it's something we're going to see. Um, since you're a Buffalo fan, we'll go to Mark real quick, and then we'll go to – or we're going to go to Braden, then we'll go to Mark. Um, Braden, with, with Denver being there, who are you looking forward to seeing? Um, who, I, I'm, I'm going to leave one out for uh, the prospecting needs that have a good showing, but my guy is Byron Murphy, corner from Washington. He He's just an absolute beast, honestly. <laughs> He, he does everything well. The only thing, really, the only knock on him that you can honestly have is uh, his size. He's definitely on the smaller size. He's saying that he's up to, like, 188 pounds. Like, no, like, 185 pounds. That, you know, he, he, took, he took into a fact that people were saying he's too small, so he put on, like, 10 pounds. <laughs> so I want to really see what his size is and if he's bigger, how that affects his movement and stuff. Yeah, and that's – um, I'll actually go in front of Mark Rickardjuff for some reason as you brought up, you know, measurables. Um, For me, it's Kyler Murray, and it's it, it's nothing on the field. It's all – I want to see his measurements. Do, you know, how tall is he? Does he hit that 5'11 mark? Um, and how big are his hands too? I mean, it, you know, they say if your hands are really smaller than 9 inches, that's kind of, you know – really risky for being a quarterback. Um, I, I seen on Twitter, one of the beat reporters, I forgot exactly who it was, mentioned that there are people saying that his hands might measure a little bit smaller than nine inches. And um, even though he didn't have fumbling issues really in college, he played behind one of the better offensive lines. And, uh, you know, he, he hasn't got hit by any NFL level guys. Yet, so it's going to be interesting to see if he can actually hang on to the ball. Um, Mark, I, I'm sure you want a wide receiver too. You've stated that. Is there anybody else that you guys want to see that you think you and Jerry are gonna fall in love with? Yeah, um, just leaving off the guy that I have on my prospects list to talk about. There is a guy out of Texas. I don't know if you guys ever heard of uh, little Jordan Humphrey. Yeah, he's gonna be good. This guy is an animal. Like, if, if you want to talk about DK Metcalf being a freak. This dude actually came out of high school as a, a, a running back recruit. So he immediately brings he's, – he's, I believe he's 6'4", 6'5", 200-plus pounds, and he runs like a mat truck. I mean, he just he, – he puts his foot into the ground, and then if you're in front of him, God help you. So – You've got, you've got, he's got that background experience where he knows how to run with the, the rock in his hand. He knows how to make guys miss. He can run you over. But I've seen him lined up outside, inside. I've seen him, you know, take reversals. I, he's been all over the field. He's made contested catches and just, he's, he's a jack of all trades, a master of none. That's, that's really what he is. And that's why he's going to be a later round pick. But, He's a guy that, because of all these different attributes, I'm excited to see at the Combine because he's going to be one of those guys that might get labeled as a workout warrior. So they're going to see him, and he's probably not going to have the fastest 40 time, but if he runs a decent enough 40 time and then they he, he catches the ball well, he might be able to raise his draft stock a bit. Yeah, and, and that ties into uh, 
just how deep this wide receiver class is because I believe that he's good enough. He could be drafted fairly early, maybe not necessarily a first-round guy, but I think in most drafts he's probably at the worst a third-round talent, and that might be proved this weekend when he's at the Combine. I think he can definitely go and boost his stock up where he's one of the first probably 10 receivers taken, I would say. Um, he He's a legit talent, and like you said, he can do everything well nothing you know nothing is gonna lead I think at the combine I don't think any of the measurables nothing is gonna be the top of the charts but the guy is gonna the guy's gonna do well in the NFL um it's early but I'd be surprised if he end up uh at least not being a solid contributor for the next 10 years um we're gonna go into a little bit to the sleeper prospects um I'll start real quick since we were talking about wide receivers. Uh, Demarcus Lodge from Ole Miss. He's kind of overshadowed. You had Metcalf there. You had A.J. Brown. But this dude's legit. I mean, the slight knock on his route running I think can be fixed. I think it will be fixed. He's fluid enough in the hips where he can become at least a solid route runner. Uh, He can win deep. He's... I would say probably one of the top maybe five guys in this draft when it comes to winning the the uh, 50-50 ball. And I, I'm waiting for him to just tear up this combine, hoping that somebody at least gets his name out there because he should be drafted. Pro- he was probably going to end up getting drafted in the fourth or fifth round. But like we said throughout this pod, this, this draft class for wide receivers is so stacked that he might get slept on, and the teams that's going to end up passing him by are just going to get burnt later on. Um, he has like that top dog mentality. He's a guy that wants to, you know, he's a known presence in the locker room. Um, when you see him on the field too, even though he was overshadowed, you, if you really, really look at tape, you can tell the dude can play. Uh, Braden, do you have? a sleeper for us to look at after we're done here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with me talking about earlier the defensive line, uh, the, the defensive line, uh, Kalen Saunders from uh, Northern Illinois. Mr. Backflip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah a, anyway, he's a freak. He's just, on top of being able to do a backflip at, at 320 pounds, this dude is just an absolute tank in the middle. Dude is a tank in the middle He's, you know, uh, I'm I'm interested to see how he does test, and you know, will he do a backflip after the forty? Yeah, the thing I want to see is if he ever scores a defensive touchdown. I want to see the celebration he's going to do. Oh God, he actually caught a touchdown pass this season for Northern Illinois. Oh wow, I, I'm gonna have to look at that. Yeah, he actually scored a touchdown, but yeah, he he's a sleeper guy that he 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 really started to gain some noise after the Senior Bowl. I'm. Gain some noise after the Senior Bowl, so I'm excited to watch him. He was the one that had a um, had a baby that week, didn't he? Yeah, he was the one who his wife told him to stay down there so he could, you know, participate in the Senior Bowl. Yeah, hopefully, you know, him missing the birth of his child and everything pays off for him and his family. Mark, we need to hear from you. All right, so I and I alluded to before, I had a wide receiver in mind um, when I was my my goal was to find someone who met a need for the bills and this guy basically blew up at the East West Shrine game. 
So the guy I'm looking at is Terry Godwin. Um, he's a senior slot receiver out of Georgia, 5'11", 185. He's started about 66% of the game of his college game. So that's 36 out of 54. And in his career, he's totaled 134 receptions, 1,800 yards, 11 touchdowns. Uh, and he's also had 11 rushes for 51 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, the guy's got soft hands, fluid route runner. Uh, he works really well with the underneath routes. So anything that's um, below the, the first down marker. Um, I've seen him line up both inside and outside in multiple sets. Uh, he's got nice extension when he's trying to pluck the ball out of the air, and he's an adequate blocker. The only knock on him is that he's got a small frame, and that kind of inhibits him from making contested catches and getting off press coverage, and he's got about average speed. So he's someone who, given the fact that he's only 5'11", he needs to add at least 15 pounds to his frame for I think NFL scouts to look at him and go, all right, so, you know, he's, he's got, he's got the hands. We know that he's a decent route runner. You know, this is a guy we could definitely put in the slot and we can count on him, but what will he be able to, to handle, you know, again, the hits at the NFL level, you know, if he's going to be the guy that's going underneath or coming across the middle for us, because he's coming out of the slot, what's going to happen if the linebacker just totally squares him up? Right. Is he going to be able to hang on to that? Or if we're running the ball, is he going to be able to hold on to a block long enough for our running back, you know, to shoot through the gap and get up, get up the field. Right. Um, so over at the East West shrine game, he had four receptions on all of his targets, 80 yards, two touchdowns. And I know the bills met with him uh, afterwards. So, you know, he, he, he definitely helped himself out um, at the bowl game there or at the, the all-star game there. And as long as he runs well, and again, he, he shows that he's added maybe about five, 10 pounds by the time the combine rolls around, I think he could really help himself. Yeah, and he seems like um, you can kind of uh, uh, compare him to Hunter Renfro from Clemson. I mean, the notes I have on, on Renfro are basically identical to what you have. Um, basically, he's a slot guy. He's small. He can't add too much weight onto his frame, but uh, maybe enough to to cushion the blow a little bit from getting pounded from these defensive guys. And, and everybody yeah. that's watched football, you know, can tell. You know, Hunter Renfro is like a legit guy. I mean, he's a, like you add on a little bit of weight. I think he's a legit slot guy. He can he gives yeah. it his all on blocks. Um, granted, he's small, so it's not a lot, but he tries. And um, yeah. guys. Renfro and everything, they, they need to do well at the com- the combine to actually get noticed more, you know, like they should. You know, for me, I'm hoping Renfro runs like a four or five because um, he has good yak ability. Uh, but yeah, there, and that's another thing I noticed about this draft class. There's a lot of similarities in a lot of guys. Uh, you can group up if you want, you know, your big receiver that, is kind of slow, but can win 50-50 balls. I mean, you can throw in, what, probably about eight or nine of those guys if you want the the short, quick guy who can play the slot but has maybe a certain knock, whether, you know, they're, they're thinner framed. I mean, you can add in about ten of those guys too. And that's, that's what I love about this wide receiver draft class, though, is that there seems like every receiver that's coming out this year has an – numerous amount of good traits to him, just like one or two minor knocks. 
Yeah, I mean, you make a great point. I mean, the, the percentage to get a steal in this draft goes way up when it's as deep as it is because you've got guys that if they came out any other year and their their class wasn't as deep, they might go even even earlier in the draft. So, like you said, you're talking about Hunter Renfro and Terry Godwin kind of being a very similar player. I know that I've seen about a third to fifth round grade on Terry Godwin where I've seen maybe four to six on on Renfro. Right. So, I mean, is that simply because of how deep it is and what the needs may be the further down the draft we go? Or, you know, what really, like you said, what really is the difference between these two that, you know, and it's not even like Hunter Renfro's coming from a smaller school. He's coming from Clemson. Godwin's from Georgia. I mean, these guys both play against top-notch talent. So, I mean, it's like you said, it could be just a matter of how deep this class is and why some of these guys are falling further down the draft boards than they probably normally would. Yeah, just about any team that needs a wide receiver, depending on what it is, a slot guy, a big guy that can win 50-50 balls, you can basically group them together, put them up on the wall and throw a dart and pick one, and you're probably not going to be disappointed. Yep. Brayden, do you have any uh, any notes or anything to say about anything else? Um, well, one thing, I mean, on the point, I mean, to the point of not playing at small schools, I mean, Hunter Renfro caught a pass to win a national championship. That's So it's not like he's unknown. It's just this class is so deep that he, he's going to go for – later than he probably should yeah he's and he literally he catches everything I mean you have to just throw the ball in his general direction I can't throw it too high because he is a smaller guy but if he he can he has a good catch radius he really does on the like the lower spectrum I mean he's not going to win 50 50 balls or anything but you know if, if you throw it you know, and it's, you know, a little bit away from him, somehow he manages to catch the ball. I mean, even if he gets two fingers on it, he brings the ball in. There's just, like I said, minor questions. You know, can he hold up against, you know, linebackers like Levante David or Brandon Marshall or C.J. Mosley? You know, or, you know, can he get tackled by, you know, some of these bigger, you know, defensive ends? too, you know, because you got to think a guy like Joey Bosa comes in and he hits you off of like a bubble pass or something, it's going to hurt for a guy that's that small. Jerry, is there anything left on the agenda to do? Anything you want to mention? I mean, we can kind of break down the the combine overall if you guys want. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot to mention uh, who, who needs to have a good showing. Ah, you're right. Yeah, we are through that. But um, I want to back up the Renfro a little bit. Um, it's funny that you guys mentioned him because in the pod that we did, uh, me and Mark did the other day with our buddy Drew uh, that he mentioned at the top of the show, um, Sports Talk Buffalo, we um, we both had him mocked to Buffalo. Actually, all three of us had him mocked to Buffalo in the seventh round, but both uh, myself and Mark took him with the first of Buffalo's two seventh-round picks. And then while uh, our buddy Drew took him with the second of, of the seventh round picks. So it's, but nobody's mentioning the elephant in the room. Uh, he's, he's Julian Edelman's clone, just a little bit smaller. He's. Um, I think, I think the reason nobody's mentioning that elephant is because I feel like every small white slot receiver gets compared to him. And before him, it was Wes Welker. Yeah. It's. But it was. Wes I don't. Welker. I don't. And it's. I mean, these guys are guys that like. 
it's not every it's not every single small white receiver, but they're all they are ones that are going over the middle and coming down with the football yeah. and clutch situations. And that's, that's yeah. exactly I mean, what there's doing there's there's an instant of the of this type of receiver on every team. You've got uh, you had Beasley in Dallas, hum- Humphreys in Tampa Bay. I mean, every team has some type of player like that. And to be honest, what these guys are is chain movers. Yeah, they sure they take those, that underneath stuff. They'll they'll turn up field, like you said. That they, they got great ability after the catch, and that's and that's what it is. Is that they can make you miss. They'll they'll get up field and they'll at the very least get you a first down and give you a fresh set of downs to work with. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and yeah, that's I mean that's that's as important as anything else. If you can keep drives alive, then you're worth your weight in gold. Yeah, and yeah, if you could put on some more pounds, I I think like I, I mentioned in that other pod that. I'm not. I'm not a giant fan of him. Um, I picked him because I don't want New England to pick him. Um, but if if he can put on, if he could put on a little bit more weight, get a little bit stronger. You're, he's not growing, but he could get. He could get bigger. That's definitely something that uh, I would not be opposed to grabbing him late. Yeah, no, I'm honestly. I would love it if Detroit even reached a little bit on him. Maybe grabbed him with like our fifth round pick. Um, Maybe I think we have a early sixth as well. Maybe that sixth round pick. Uh, once we lost Golden Tate, man, you anybody that watches any type of football or even one Lions game with Tate and then watch the Lions game without him, our offense stuttered tremendously. Uh, and and I think when you can compare these smaller receivers, the reason why you can compare them is because if they're not six foot something can win you the 50-50 ball in order to make their living. They have to be sure-handed guys. They have to be guys that catches everything and anything thrown at them, and they have to be have some exclusiveness to them. They have to be able to move the chains, and that's why it's so easy to clump Welker, Edelman, Renfro all into the same category because that's what they did. Well, I mean, I, that's that's the point, and – Again, I'm going to refer back to the mock draft that we had on Sports Talk Buffalo with Drew. Um, I, I recall the play from the Senior Bowl that Hunter Renfro had where Will Greer takes a snap, pressure's coming down, he rolls left, and he just heaves it up there. And who comes down with it? Little Hunter Renfro. He just he, he leaps up out of nowhere and comes down with the ball while he's got about three defenders around him. So he's showing you, yeah, I can do all the stuff you're saying I can do. I can, you know, get those sure-handed underneath balls, go up the field, get you a first down. But I can even go deep and come down with the ball for you, too. He's going to surprise some people. He's going to be one of those late-round gems. Yeah, and he's a guy that, you know, I'm hoping somehow he sees this because he needs to know how much we're, like, fanboying over him. Uh, <laughs> it's he's just, His football IQ is so high watching any film that you see of him, even if it's just maybe a handful of plays in a certain game, he can find the open areas. I mean, he can get behind some corners. Um, No matter who's covering, he can get behind them and just somehow sneak open just enough to get the ball and then turning it into something. And it's like, it's crazy that out of this whole pod where, you know, you brought up Metcalf and Jordan Humphreys, but we're focused on a five foot eleven guy who's probably going to be like a sixth round pick if he's lucky, and it's just it's he's talented. I mean, 
if the guy had hands like this and he was like six foot two, you're talking about like a first round draft pick, honestly. Yeah, people they people overlook size, but at, at the same time, you're going to see Kyler Murray go in the Top first five, round in a, in a position that you like. You want to have your wide receivers big, but they could be small. But in a in a position where you want your your quarterbacks big, he's going to go in the in the top round. Yeah, and it's, uh, so, and since you know we can kind of get off topic for some reason, is we're just talking about the combine as a whole. The thing that scares me about Murray is he, even though he says he's sticking with football, I, I don't know. I, I've heard I've heard stuff that even though he's a hundred percent saying, look, I'm playing football, Oakland's going to offer him a major league contract if he's willing to just completely forget about the NFL. And it, it's something that still kind of sticks in, you know, it has to be in the back of GM's heads that if you waste a top five pick on this guy, is he going to be there for 10 years or more? I mean, you, you've seen numerous athletes, well, not really numerous, but the athletes that have switched and played multiple sports, they don't all necessarily do it right away. And and from what I've heard from um, Ken Rosenthal, who's basically the main newsbreaker for, you know, Major League Baseball, it was a hard decision for him to pass up baseball and playing with Oakland because the kid does love baseball. I mean, you know, up until it seems like he really, until he started at quarterback this year for Oklahoma, he, he was set on playing baseball. I mean, that's what he was looking for. Like when he said, you know, the beginning of the season, look, I'm going to go in, play quarterback this year, and then I'm playing baseball. At that time, he 110% was going to do that. And then it was just once he got the taste of being the starting quarterback, it made him question his decision. And you also have to, you know, kind of think, too, if he struggles the first couple of years, is he going to, you know, go back to baseball? Yeah, it's it's interesting to see what happens. Um, but it's it's Russell Wilson all over again. It's uh, Tim Tebow all over again, even though Tebow <laughs> is now playing baseball. But they, I mean, they're they chose football. I think their first, like you said, Murray's Murray does love baseball. I think their first love is football. That's the, that's their best opportunity to shine uh, and shine more immediately as opposed to um, waiting five, six, seven years to finally make it to a major league roster. Um, yeah. He'll get paid, but he's going to be playing in double A AA and triple A ball. Yeah. And it's, it, it almost makes you wonder though, like, you know, Russell Wilson every year for, I think basically since he's been drafted, uh, he goes to, to minor league or he goes to spring training. Um, I kind of wonder if, you know, whoever drafts him would let Murray do that too. He, I could see it, but um, I, I think he's, I think he's going to be dedicated to football and especially with his, uh, his draft stock being so high. Um, most likely, I mean, depending on where he goes, but most likely he'll, he'll be at least, at least competing for a starting job day one it goes to the Giants. I mean, it's going to be hard to uh, tell Eli Manning that uh, the young guy is coming in, but um, he's going to be he's going to be there day one. Yeah, and and the thing with Russell Wilson, I don't really like the comparison. Not for football, but baseball. Russell Wilson was like a twenty-something round pick. Kyler Murray went in the top ten. You know, there's kind of a big difference there. Yeah, yeah, but we also see how much it is, though, these top 10 picks in baseball. Uh, a lot of them don't pan out, and if they somewhat pan out, it's not nearly to the extent that 
they're supposed to. I mean, you guy, you draft a guy in the top ten, even in baseball, if if he's out of high school or college, you expect him to contribute within so many years, and potentially be a star. And I mean, you see the Harper. You know, he was drafted early. Um, Alex Bregman, Mike Trout, yeah, Mike Trout, and it's like, it you know, can he do that? I mean, I would basically, I would go baseball. I mean, if you see that, you know, if you know you're talented in at one sport and you get drafted that high in baseball um because he was like a, a five tool player he can hit you know field and then you know, it's just my worry is for him is that he goes to football gets destroyed his rookie year and then just raises a bunch of questions in his head was this the right choice blah 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 and then that could even mess him up even more but you know what that's the gamble that's i mean Let's be real. It's about it's about the money. That's why he made this choice. I don't know so much that it's a passion thing. It's, well, I'm really good at two sports, and I've already been drafted in one. And right now in this other sport, I kind of blew up the college world. I won a Heisman, and now people are telling me that if I do go this route and come out in the draft this year – I could be a top 10 pick regardless of my size. So, I mean, it's like you guys said, do I go, do I go the route where I know I'll probably be successful in? Like, it'll take me a little longer to get to where I, I'm, I'm a I'm looking to go to, but if I go this way, we're talking vacation. We're talking, you know, You know, and there's a stat that 50 percent of only fifty percent of first round picks in in baseball ever play a single game in the major leagues. Yeah. So basically, you you've already been successful if you take a single at bat or you th- throw a single pitch in the M in MLB. So if you, I just you know, I'll tell you one thing. If I'm a GM. And I'm picking, I'll use fifth overall, for example. If I'm picking fifth overall and I get uh, Kyler Murray and he decides to leave after a year, I'd be much more satisfied with that than picking fifth overall uh, Justin Blackman and having his career go the way that it went. You know what I mean? So these are the risks that you're taking, but it's, I don't know. I mean, I think think he's going to be successful. Um, you, You hear the size thing all the time, but Drew Brees is small. And he's one of the best, one of the best uh, quarterbacks in the game. Yeah, but you're, you're also talking about a significant, you know, a significant size difference even between Breeze and, and Kyler Murray. Though that's the that's the thing, you know. It's they're saying he's be lucky he he you know measures past like five ten, five eleven. I mean, Breeze is what like six foot though. He's six foot, but Murray has his legs that he can extend the pocket and and roll out. And make those passes where Breeze, even when he was younger, he really wasn't doing that. And, but you know what? Here's here's my thing with with not just even quarterbacks like him, but certain players. Rookie rookie years, I take them with a grain of salt. If a player comes out and has a, a tremendous rookie year, you know I applaud you, but you haven't proven anything to me yet. Because as soon as these NFL coaches get tape on you. The game's changed. 
Yeah. And that's all it's going to take. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's doing certain things right now that are exciting and it's, it's helping him out. It's helping his team win games, but now there's tape on him. LA found it, (laughs) which means he has to, he has to evolve now. Same thing for Kyler Murray. He's going to go out there and he's going to do some things and he's going to learn on the fly. But then his sophomore year is going to come up and that's when the, the real challenge begins because now they're, now these guys got tape on you. And now you have to find a way to counter that because you're, you're, you're a new toy. You're going out there. No one's seen anything like you before, right? Because now he's a pioneer because now it's not just the Russell Wilson's, the Drew Brees. Like he's a, he's a player unto himself now because he's smaller than them. Right. So now here he comes. And it, like you said, it's not just a height thing. His hands might be smaller. His frame is smaller. There's, there's all these things about him that say he shouldn't make it. Outside of his arm, he shouldn't make it because he doesn't fit that prototypical size. Hell, he doesn't even meet the the underdog criteria of Russell Wilson and Drew Brees because of their size. Yeah. So he's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove not just on the field and at the combine where his measurables, but he's also got to continue to prove to you know, these GMs and, and these at these football clubs that he is as committed as he said. Yeah, he's gotta he's gotta prove his loyalty. Right. And and you know, this is a perfect spot to actually get into our prospects who need a, a good showing at the combine. Just for a simple reason is Kyler Murray was my guy and we just spent basically twenty minutes on him, so I'm perfectly fine with that. But just to wrap up the Kyler Murray thing, yeah, it's I said I I necessarily don't care how he looks on during the field you know during field drills, I want to see does he hit that five something mark that high five something that five ten five eleven, does his hands you know measure at least nine inches, um if not I think more questions might be raised, um more GMs and scouts are gonna have to do their homework to see how they can exactly build around a guy like that, and, and something definitely to look forward and we're gonna probably break this down quite often on our draft related pods. Um, Brayden, who in your opinion needs to have a, maybe not a dominant performance, but definitely needs a good performance to become drafted, become a a first round lock, whatever it may be. Well, this is, I wouldn't say he needs it, but more of, I, I really, as a Broncos fan, I need to see this. It's your lock. It's just I need to see does has he improved his footwork, has he improved his, well his accuracy is an issue, but mainly has he worked on his footwork, because that's that's a big concern we have right, I have right now, and you know as a Broncos fan and from everything I've heard even with Joe Flacco, if he falls to us at ten he's who we're gonna take him, so it's like for me as a Broncos fan I need to see oh improved footwork from Drew Locke. Yeah, and foot you know, footwork is, is key for a quarterback. It it can improve basically your quarterback play overall if you have good footwork. Yeah. Or you could be Patrick Mahomes and like throw passes left handed. <laughs> yeah, I mean some guys can just do it and Mahomes is probably one of the very few. Uh Mark, who is your guy that you're looking at that needs to go look in order for him to be my guy in Buffalo or just to do something who needs to have that good showing. 
Well, when I was picking out my prospects, part of me was like, do I, do I stick to, to guys I'm looking at specifically because they're a need fit for the bills or, you know, there's someone I'm just really interested in or do I want to try to give some recognition to guys that really aren't getting it enough. And the guy that I'm looking at um, is Jordan Brown. Now he is from South Dakota state. Uh, he was a senior. He plays defensive back. He's six foot one, one seventy five. Um, he was team captain. He's played in forty five career games, and um, in his career at South Dakota State, he's got eight interceptions, twenty seven breakups, four forced fumbles, one hundred forty eight tackles, and he's got an elite level athletic ability. Um, he can his his coverability is completely independent of any defensive scheme that you put him in. Like he's, he is a solid cover corner. He was actually a former wide receiver recruit. So he's got soft hands and he's got a feel for um, passing lanes for attacking the passing lanes. And being from South Dakota, he's also seen all kinds of weather, which is even better for a Bills fan who, if we're looking for cornerback depth, we know that he can come up here and when the weather gets harsh, it's not going to bother him. Um, the only knock on him, though, is that being six foot one and 175, he doesn't always play to that size. He sometimes gives up those 50-50 balls. Um, he can get bounced off run support, and he needs to have better recognition of quarterback cues. So, like, hello. Yeah, I think he might have uh, might have lost him. No, like he's, he's still, still connected. We all good? Oh. Yeah, can you hear us yeah, now? Cut up a little bit. Yep, yep, I can hear you. So, uh, like I was saying, he's he's someone that I think, given that he's a small school prospect, he can do a lot uh, for his draft stock by being there because he got invites to the East West Shrine game. He was then invited to the Senior Bowl, and He's he's one of those small school guys that did enough and was recognized for his talents, and they brought him up to play against you know better talent in these these all star games. And I think if he can test well over there at the combine, he could really help himself. Right now, he's got like a fourth to sixth round grade on him. He can either completely establish himself as a fourth round pick, or he can even go in the third round because of his size. As long as he could prove that. You know, everything that we see on tape is just that. He's going to be a solid depth corner for somebody. Yeah, and that's – uh, it's crazy how you mentioned a, a small school guy like that and um, the overall traits. Between Kyler Murray and another guy I was looking at to possibly discuss, I'm just going to talk to him about two minutes. Um, Sean Bunting, he's a corner from Central Michigan. He, he has a good overall skill set. Um he needs some help to, you know, he needs to get better at identifying the run. Um, it, it, it's going to take him a little bit of time to become a, uh, a top corner, but all the, all the traits are there. I'm hoping he has a really good showing at the combine this weekend. Um, his ball skills are amazing. Um, he's went against, you know, Michigan state. He's went against, I believe Michigan once. And um, the more tape I watch on him, the more tape I'm like, I'm surprised the guy only got one offer from a Division One school. 
and speaking of hometown guys, I know Jerry, you got a, a couple of Buffalo guys that you're gonna be rooting for this weekend. Yeah, um, the player that I think needs to have a good showing uh, is from well, not from here, but he played college here is uh, Tyree Jackson. Um, I touched a little bit on it in our in the pod I did with Mark uh, the other day at the end of our pod, but um, so kind of be repeating some stuff. But basically, I think that with I think one of the biggest reasons that he came out this year was because of the uh, the lesser quote unquote talent of quarterbacks in this draft. So he's got a better opportunity to get drafted. Um, I mean, but whether he came out this year or next year, he is a project. Um, and, but I want to see, and maybe more of this will come in his pro day. Um, but I want to, I, I need to see like his actual, I need to see his mechanics. I need to see him. Um, I mean, it's, I really don't care as far as how much, how fast he, he runs the 40. Um, I don't care how tall his vertical jump is. He's six foot seven. But um, I think that like his uh, the three cone drill um, stuff like that, where you could actually see his footwork, because that's where I think he's the weakest. He's a, he's a strong guy, but he's he's pretty weak in his feet, pretty weak in his legs. Um, so I think that he's going to be a late round pick no matter what. But uh, something that he he needs to show, and hopefully he can be. Uh, a pretty decent backup quarterback for somebody and not just one of those guys that either doesn't get drafted or gets drafted late and is just left out on the street and that we're seeing him in the AAF next year. Cause um, I, I want to obviously playing here in Buffalo, we're all going to be rooting for him. Me and Mark are going to be rooting for him, but um, I do want to see him succeed. He has, he's physically built to be a quarterback. He just needs to, he needs to impress. And, and it all starts this weekend with uh with the quarterback drills. Um, but yeah, Tyree Jackson, he's um, definitely somebody I'm looking forward to. And then Anthony Johnson, I don't have really much on him. He is a guy that I want to, I want Buffalo to draft uh, in the mid rounds. Um, but he's, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him. It's, it's nice to have two players from here get, get invited to the combine. So I guess that's, that's pretty cool. Just, uh, I mean, you got Michigan and Michigan state and around you. So it's like you, you guys get a uh, combine picks all the time. It's for having Tyree Jackson and Anthony Johnson. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And he has some, uh, some connections in Michigan too. He's from Michigan. He went to uh North shore um, or he's from North shore. He went to a uh, Mona shores. So, Hey, coming from Michigan too. Hopefully he does well. And, and yeah, you're you're 100 correct on him. I mean, to me, he's probably one of the biggest sleeper quarterbacks in this draft because he has tools that can make him a starter. Um, he might not potentially be an elite starter, but I definitely he think he could be a uh, a serviceable guy that you can get in there. He can win you some ball games once he learns from the proper proper teachers. You know, get him a good offensive coordinator. I hope he goes somewhere where he has a good, a good quarterback. I'm hoping he goes somewhere with a Drew Brees, um, and Eli Manning. You know, somewhere that's you know the yeah. quarterback can help him learn because I, I think the sky's the limit for this guy. If this guy can get some solid, you know, he he does need to improve his footwork. And when I, you know, the same thing I mentioned with Drew Locke when Brady was talking about him, footwork is key for a quarterback that can improve really just about everything in your game. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned that you hope he goes somewhere that has a, 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 
solidified quarterback because when you do these online mock drafts, um, and every single one's going to be different, but when you're doing an online mock draft it, it, and you go to see like where certain players went and, and then you kind of get thinking like, you know what, that actually is a good position for him. Uh, so for example, the one that we did the other day, uh, Tyree ended up going to Indianapolis and I think it was in the fourth or fifth round. I forgot what it was, but um, it's like, so seeing him go to Indianapolis, you're like, that's, that's a perfect fish for him. He could learn behind one of the, one of the current best quarterbacks right now and Andrew Luck. And it's, um, it, if for some reason Andrew Luck were to go down, Tyree could actually get some reps and come in and play. Yeah, and and I think honestly, for any developmental player, as in you know developmental as a guy that has enough skills to achieve greatness in the highest level of the game, they all need a teacher. You need a Richard Sherman, a Glover Quinn. A um, Mario Williams, you know, uh, you know, you need that that teacher. You need that guy that take you underneath his wing. And I I think a reason why a lot of these projects fail is they don't get that, or they don't get that to the extent that they need. And definitely Andrew Luck, who seems like he's like the best guy in the world, who'll help anybody. Um, I think Tyree Jackson could thrive. I mean. We seen Jacoby Brissett a little bit too. Uh, you know, Luck was hurt, and Luck was still helping Jacoby. And you seen Jacoby Brissett could do a little something. I mean, I'm still I'm still waiting for Jacoby Brissett to become a top guy somewhere, or at least a serviceable guy somewhere. Yeah, and again, it's the whole draft is just a giant uh, guessing game, seeing where these players end up going. But it's uh, it's, it's it's going to be exciting. The combine. I'm. This is probably the most interested I've been in the in the combine in in recent years. Um, and every year I just get more and more interested in the off season stuff that goes on. And um, Braden and another guy at our page, Cole, do an excellent job with putting out their reports, uh, which is actually helping me learn more in depth about the players and actually get more interested uh, in, in the combine instead of just looking forward to August and fantasy draft season. It's it, um, we're talking about football in almost March. I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, Braden, you, you put out some great reports. Um, why don't you, uh, you got anybody that you want to talk about wrapping up a couple guys that uh, you've put out over the past couple of weeks? Oh, in fact, funny enough, we bring up Tyree Jackson. I actually made a report on him today for the page. So yeah. I thought it was funny that you brought it. Yeah, um, guys, make sure that you check these guys' scouting reports. I mean, for guys that do this just because they love it, these are like in-depth scouting reports. Go and look up Fantasy Football Fraternity. Um, just find one scouting report and there's a link to all of them that they've done. I think you guys are what probably close to like 20 reports right now. Uh, if the scouting, like if the screenshot, it would be 20, 24, about 25, somewhere around there between yeah. Cole and I. Yeah. yeah you I, have guys. Of, I have a lot of respect for Cole, man. He, he's one of my dudes. We, we're admins in the football group, draft group together, but yeah, no, I, I Cole's a good dude. I have a lot of respect for him. 
Yeah, and, and you guys, honestly, for especially for you and, and Cole. Cole's young, too. Cole's, I think, around 23, 24. Yeah, he's in college, so yeah. Yeah, and with you still being in high school, man, you guys are just so talented at this stuff right now. Um, major props to you guys. Hopefully, we'll have Cole on eventually. Um, just to wrap this up a little bit, since we are pushing like an hour and a half, and it is late. Um, we have some big stuff come up for you guys. We're starting to get prospects on board to jumping on some pods. Um, you know, shout out to Zeke Walker. He's a uh, guy that played for University of Indiana for a little bit and then end up uh, transferring to southeastern Louisiana. He'll be on here uh, in the next coming weeks. We're in talks with some other guys, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. We'll make sure we let you guys know probably a week ahead of time when we have these guys on. Jerry, do you want to wrap things up for us? Yeah, so that that about does it for our show today. Um, if you guys have any questions or just want to check out uh, our fantasy football page, it's uh, facebook.com slash fantasy football fraternity. And, and don't be fooled by the name. Uh, again, it's with Braden and Cole there. We are we have we have product going out pretty much every day. Uh, it's not just fantasy football. Yeah, some of these players are like you could get the inside scoop on guys that you might be late sleeper round picks in your actual fantasy draft but it's it's a football page number one so we're, we're they're talking football uh where they're talking fun stuff too so it's even even though it's march april and may come come check out the page fantasy football fraternity uh, on facebook we got a twitter uh at uh, fantasy frat fff Braden cole they put on great great reports um adam put out reports pretty much every other day uh myself action boss i, I run all the polls uh so just check us out uh, it's been nice chat with everybody today and um we look forward to the combine and, and the free agency and the upcoming draft yeah also we i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm in charge of news so trust me when when free agency is pumping out I'll, I'll get those news out the news out for everyone and and lastly on behalf of mark he actually had to dip out early um we want to give a shout out to our buddies page too, uh, Sports Talk Buffalo. He he puts out good product. If you if you're into actual Buffalo sports, uh, the Bills, the Sabers, the Bulls, the basketball team, the football team, uh, he do, he does a great job. He's a solo he does solo podcast, but he's he's uh, had me and Mark on there a couple of times. Uh, it's a good show. So Sports Talk Buffalo, uh, Great Lakes Football Talk, Fantasy Football Fraternity, just check us all out. <laughs>